Welcome back. You're listening to episode 103 of CCP, the Caleb and Kathy podcast, also known as... Corrupt Corporation Plague. Alright. Um, we're almost out of the, like, radio station numbers, as I will put it. Oh. <laughs> so that, good What's the next milestone? <laughs> I think they go up to, like, 107.9, so 108, I think we're out of it. FM radio we're talking here, of course. We've got a long way to go to get out of AM radio. I think that's going into like the 1600s or something. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be doing this for a while. <laughs> to get to that point, we'll take... We're going to have to start doing daily episodes. Heck no. I was just thinking that I love the bi-weeklies. <laughs> love that break. Yeah, it's nice. Time to recuperate. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Are you ready to get into this week's documentary let's do it it's time for doc talk doc talk doc talk (laughs) um so this week we did ford v ferrari nope (laughs) i was like what is he saying that is not right (laughs) try again we did man v forward uh the hbo films documentary that came out in 2011 and it was directed by I'm going to butcher this. Mm-hmm. Mauro Chermayev? Yeah. Not sure. And Sorry Micah to Fink. The director. And Micah Fink. What background do you have? The runtime is an hour, 45 minutes. So that's good. And then... <laughs> yeah. The rest of it is just like background on the actual like plot, I guess you could say. Like some key players... Is that important to Yeah, you can do that if you want. Go for it. Okay, we have Vicky Gilliam, I think. Gilliam. Yeah. Who is the lawyer, the lawyer lady. Then we have Wayne Mann and The titular Wayne Mann. Mm-hmm. Of Man V Ford. Right. And and Vivian Milligan, who are both community leaders of the area. The area is Mawa, New Jersey, but also Ringwood, Ringwood, New Uh, Jersey. Is Mawa the county, or is that just another, like, adjacent city? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think one is where the plant was, and one is where the community lives. The community I know is Upper Ringwood, so, okay, the plant was in Mawa. Okay, thank you. I believe. And the group of people are called Ramapo Mountain Indians. Which I went with Ramapo Mountain Natives. I'm, that's just, I, I know, I know. Sorry. I, I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I did a little research just to see, like, if this is an actual tribe or they're just, like, referred to that by that because they lived in these mountains. But it is, like, a, a recognized tribe of, like, the Native Americans that has a very small population. It was, like, 2,600 people or something. Mm-hmm. Of which I think there were like 600-something in this community. Mm-hmm. So that's a large chunk of uh, the tribe. And they're all native to that kind of northeast region of these Ramapo Mountains. Yes. That's how they got their tribe name. Um, okay, is that all the background we got? I mean, I feel like we'll get into like who right. they're suing and the years and all that. Ford is the Ford Motor Company, in case you're unaware. <laughs> It's that Ford. That Ford. Not Got it. The other Ford. I don't know any other Fords. Francis Ford Coppola, the director. 
There was a kid in my Sunday school class named Ford. <laughs> yes, first name. Yeah, it's not him. Yeah, he has nothing to do with this. <laughs> nothing to do with this. <laughs> nothing. All right. So for those unaware, like me, who's only been to the Northeast one time, mm. um, this is on this city Ringwood is only uh, they said thirty nine miles from Manhattan which seems like a very short distance yeah. for someone from Kansas to where it's like, that's how far it is to my parents. And that only takes like 40 minutes to get there, you know? Yeah. So that's pretty crazy um, for reasons we'll get into, I guess. So um, just another note on the background, I guess. Uh, is it, again, as a person who's grown up in Missouri and Kansas their whole life, I forget how... Thank like, you for including the fact that you grew up primarily in Missouri. I'm a border kid. Anyways, <laughs> uh, how pretty the landscape is up there. Because yeah. when, you know, a kid from the Midwest thinks about, oh, Northeast is all just big cities and concrete and stuff. But really, mostly it's just like... It's not. Yeah, mostly yeah. it's beautiful wildlife. And yeah. then there's these really big cities. But comparatively to the rest of the state, that's not very much of it. Mm-hmm. That's a good observation. Um, so I just thought that was kind of pretty when they were so showing some sweeping shots of the forest. Right, but Wayne says, don't let it fool you. <laughs> okay, get into it. Well, do you want to do your little summary or no? I, I, am I doing this still? I don't know. I think you did last week. Oh, okay. Or two weeks ago. But um, you don't have to. No, also, I, I could do it if you want. So this, the documentary Man View Forward uh, follows... The native uh, tribe, the Arapaho. Ramapo. Ramapo, I'm sorry. It's okay. That's what I kind of want to say, too, but it's not right. Yeah, there's a different tribe, I think, that's the Arapaho. I think you're Maybe. right. Maybe. And I might be making an even bigger fool of myself. But anyways, the <laughs> Ramapo. Cut it out if you're lying. Just kidding. Or if you're not right. The Ramapo. Um, so they live in the this area ringwood upper ringwood specifically which is like kind of more in the mountains of the area yeah and kind of secluded so it's pretty much all this tribe that lives up there there's not a lot of like other people well they said they went to school with like other people like in the i'm trying to do oh right right you're right i'm sorry i totally forgot continue and that's on me for kind of getting out of the way all right let's just start again Okay, so this tribe of people live in New Jersey. They are suing the Ford Motor Company for dumping toxic waste very close to their homes um, and not disposing of this stuff properly. So it's just kind of set there. Mainly um, paint sludge Mm -hmm. from when they used to paint these Ford cars, um, which Kathy mentioned that we believe the uh, plant was in Mawa, um, Mm -hmm. New Jersey. So they would kind of take everything out on these semis, and then they were supposed to take it to these specific dump sites that were, like, really close to the plant, but they would haul it off to these abandoned mines and just dump it in the forest and stuff. Yeah, and then like, when it was dark and you couldn't see. This was, like, in the 70s, 60s and 70s, and then these kids growing up there would just, like, play in the paint sludge and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, really play. I guess I'm getting away from the synopsis and kind of getting into the movie. It's fine. I'm bad at synopsis. You know what? We, I, I am hereby <laughs> instating no more synopses. Let's just get into it. Is that the correct uh, pluralization of synopsis? Yes. Synopses? Yes, it is. 
All right, so Wayne is the main guy because he's putting his he's name the on the lead plaintiff. Good job. Um, he's putting his name on the the case. Yes. Um, another thing I forgot to touch on, kind of in background, this takes place over five years. They filmed this movie from like 2005 to 2010, mm-hmm. around that area, and then the movie came out in 2011, like we said. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get kind of a good feel for like the process of uh, yeah how long it is yeah of a big lawsuit yeah like how much background they have to go over and in this case they had 650 roughly plaintiffs i think they said mm-hmm. because everybody in the town either knows someone or has uh cancer basically yes because of all these toxic fumes and we'll get into some more stuff we learned about um, the toxicity and, like, different chemicals. Yeah. Different terms we learned. Mm-hmm. Go, go ahead. Do you yeah. want to say something? I would say that there's also some other key players in this. There's a few reporters um, mm-hmm. that, guess what, do reporting um, on this issue and... At least one of them, I think, is from the surrounding area. And and so they ha- kind of have, like, a personal interest in it as well. And so they're interviewed throughout the documentary. And, and that just adds, you know, like, another perspective, which I think... I mean, I feel like the documentary did a good job of getting everyone's point of views on the case besides Ford, Ford because who, they refused to be interviewed. Yeah, but that's always how that goes, you know? Like, the bad guy doesn't Couple want Couple Toyota to... drivers here, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> They've never done anything bad. No, never. Oh. They're perfect. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, and the Edison Wetlands Association mm. is another key player because they do a lot of, like, the scientific investigating of the dirt and the rocks and the areas um like the dump sites and they do this because the epa who is also not not a good um organization in this documentary did not do it repeatedly does not do a good job in removing all the toxic waste from the area and emitting fault yeah, so since we're sort of talking about that, now let's go into, like, some specifics about these dump sites, I guess. Yes. Let's do it. Um, so, as I briefly kind of mentioned, the main dumping, main toxic thing they're dumping is this paint sludge. Mm-hmm. Freon. Um, and Freon. Um, so, and the way they described it, and they have some home video from, like, the 70s mm-hmm. of parents filming their kids and their Mm -hmm. family and stuff like that, playing around the area. And then also, in addition to that stuff, they would also dump, like, copper wire and just cardboard boxes and all this junk. Mm -hmm. And then it was... They kind of put one theory out that it was almost to kind of bribe the people living there. Like, oh, we'll dump this copper wire. You can get in there, take it, and go sell it and make some money. But keep hush-hush about it. Yes. And they, they, and they talked specifically about that, of, like, 
uh, when they were going to get the copper wire and stuff, it'd be on top of this like paint sludge and it would get on your legs. And then mm-hmm. when you go to take your pants off that night, your pants are like stuck to your mm-hmm. leg and ripping the skin off because of oh. this stuff is so toxic. Yeah, it was. Um... Another very disturbing example given was where the main uh, plaintiff, uh, Wayne, was talking about how as a kid they would, you know, like go sledding on the paint sludge basically. And they would eat the dirt because yes. it tasted sweet because yes. it had the paint in it. Yes. They so basically eating paint. Yes. Which is probably like lead paint back then or something. Yes. I mean, it definitely is not Classics. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not to be ingested. Right. I mean, even normal dirt, I feel like, is not good for you. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think you should eat dirt in general. So that's bad, but then even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on average, they said that Ford was dumping 6,000 gallons of plant sludge per day over the four four years that they were dumping doing it. it. Yeah. 1967 to 1971. Another, um, and this is a little later on, but the, the poor guy with the skin disease. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but it, wasn't it really powerful for them to show... I'm not saying they shouldn't have showed it. No, no, I'm no, saying no. it's I mean, I felt very unfortunate. Terrible for him. Oh, it, I mean, his life is. I mean, he said, "Yeah, ruined." Because he has of to this. shower like four times a day because all this stuff can get infected. He's so, had 21 surgeries so far. So as a child, he didn't really have any issues. But then I think his dad said when he got into his 20s, maybe he yeah. started developing this like rash kind of mm-hmm. thing on his. I think he said it started on his chest. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of blossomed out everywhere, and like they had, it had to be surgically removed. And then yeah, he's had all these surgeries. He has to have like a colostomy bag and uh, one for his urine too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so sad. It- and then we'll get into uh, the the pennies that Ford pays out at the end. Oh of this. yeah, yeah, That's we will, we will, we will. Ugh. Um. When they're interviewing Vivian Milligan, like I said, beginning as one of the community leaders, it's kind of like been the community historian and, mm-hmm. and all that. She like shows uh, Vicky, the lawyer, like the neighborhood, and she's like, yep, that yeah. person died from cancer. That person's going to die from cancer. And like, it's just like cancer, cancer, cancer. All yeah, that. I wrote that down and started as that was a very powerful scene and disturbing didn't it remind you of um we were watching a episode of united shades of america and they were uh come out was interviewing a woman the one with the lead paint stuff yeah was that in like pennsylvania i believe so and she's walking around and and like basically oh are you talking about the one where they had like the trash plant or whatever yes that one but yeah. this seemed even more extreme. But yeah, that was also. But yeah, bad. just like a connection of what we'll and get then into. and then later on, she has the notebook that she got from like the church directory, mm-hmm. kind of tracking who died and mm-hmm. of what and like. And that's where it's mentioned that a ten-year-old Colin died of cancer because of this, and they memorialize his birthday every year. Well, I think there were there was a different like eleven year old or something in the book, and then they were also talking about him because the kid who was 
10 or 11 and the notebook died in like 2001 or something. I guess it could have been him still. Yeah, because this could have been. been like yeah, I mean, it I guess might have been a different up. kid, but the point that it, they were trying to make was, you know, like it wasn't even like older people that were dying. It wasn't um, only. Yeah, it wasn't only older people that were dying. And another. In fact, there weren't really old yeah, people. That was another was really like, good point where did i write that down maybe like four people that were over 60 less than five percent of the population didn't live past 60 i mean they were talking about how like there are no elders now when wayne and vivian were growing up there were elders there were people in the community that you know they could learn from and you know pass on their wisdom but now the elders aren't even getting to be old. Older. Yeah, that's so sad. All right, so before we get into, you know, kind of the terrible results of the case, um, we should talk about the EPA. So um, under the Reagan administration is... What? Shocker. <laughs> Reagan was lax on uh, regulations in favor of big business? Yeah, this is news. Um, So the EPA got worse under the Reagan administration, which was unfortunate for many reasons, but um, for this case, because when the EPA went out to investigate the area, they did a really shoddy job, and it's um, kind of like can't think of the right word um the theory that vivian has and vicky and wayne is that the ford was controlling kind of the epa investigation and so they didn't want it to come out that you know that they were doing negligent toxic poisoning so they did a bad job and therefore more people continue to die and more people continue to get infected by the paint sludge and by the toxic waste and so the EPA had to come out like five or six times and each time they don't do a good enough job and there's still an issue with it I'm going to throw in my what I learned because it falls under this segment I learned what a super fund was oh yeah tell us so um, super funds were uh, They're not super fun. I don't want no. people to think. And it's super fun. <laughs> I know. I'm just um, so there's a government po- program put in place in the 1980s to identify and clean up toxic areas um, that were created by corporations and uh, military specifically. Um, and the Upper Ringwood area was one of the areas deemed a super fun and then as Kathy was talking about they came out and supposedly cleaned it up and then they had to be oh, that was the other part they were then it was relisted yeah which was the first ever to be relisted as a super fund it had been and then they claimed they cleaned it up and then they say actually we did not <laughs> yeah which... and, and they have a lot of they show a lot of the uh, town hall meetings mm-hmm. with the guy in charge of the cleanup this time and uh-huh. townspeople reasonably aren't happy because there's an additional what was the original one like 85 or something like that 
movie. It was a while ago. So an additional 20 years of living in these uh, hazardous environments when it should have been cleaned up the first time. Or if it couldn't have been, then relocate people on your dime because you caused it. Ford, mainly. And uh, laxing uh, regulations by the government. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to in the beginning of this community or of well yeah of the community but also like when um ford was there so after they left um ford donated land knowing that it was contaminated to the yeah Paramipo that was really messed up tribe no and it was to uh wasn't it to some know-how or something some fund that oh, yeah, like to helps and on like lower income communities build homes right um and they showed like specific memos from ford saying like they won't know any better we'll sell it to them and then we can write it off type of thing like wow which right terrible and that's kind of where the documentary got into the fact that there was a lot of racism um towards the community Mm -hmm. of the ramapos Right. And they, just because they look different and yeah and earlier on they kind of go into this and we didn't touch on it but I did think it was kind of interesting how they kind of came about because a lot of their last names are like Van Dunk and mm-hmm. Man and Milligan and it's these like Dutch names mm-hmm. because the, the Dutch settlers um, mm-hmm. who came over maybe even like before the Mayflower I don't like around that time yeah like very early on before america was a country um like settled with these native people and had kids with them and stuff and i'm i'm sure it uh it's been a little whitewashed over the years and probably wasn't like a choice for the native people no i would imagine not but i just thought that was kind of interesting like how their names yeah, because I was like, Van Dunk, that doesn't sound like a Native American Yeah. Name. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the documentary did a good job of kind of going over the history of the area and in the community and highlighting all aspects of what was going on. Yeah, I think I was kind of saving this for my, like, final wrap up but you're sort of talking about it now so like yeah m- most people hopefully at this point know about the typical mistreatment of the indigenous people of this country mm-hmm. but this film helps show uh like what they're still enduring and have been enduring for the past hundred years even yes. since you know oh you got reparations and casinos and we gave you land and stuff but it's like yeah. how they're looked upon as second class citizens and have no representation and barely in like our, our government, you know, yeah. when this was originally their land. Exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of the government, so like the local government, um, they talk about the New Jersey governor at the time, John Corazon, how he finally came out to the community and like, kind of listened to what was going on along with lisa jackson 
Yes, Lisa Jackson. Who later went on to become... Head um, of EPA under Obama. For four years under Obama. And then I did look up, she now serves as Apple's environmental vice president. Whatever that means. Wow. A lot of um, big-time jobs. The film, like the footage they showed of Jean Corazon's visit, though, it seemed like he was brushing off the community. Yeah, just like a publicity stunt almost. Like, oh, come out here and act like I care. Right. When it didn't seem like he cared at all. So that was, you know, continuing... Typical politician yeah, stuff. Part of the problem, not part of the solution. Okay, so I feel like we only have two points left to talk about. Okay, what are those? The different toxins mentioned. <laughs> yeah, we're going to just briefly. I, I don't want to get into the science too much because I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah. Um, and. And the case. And the results of the case. Uh, yeah, I, I was briefly going to say something because I was remembering, like, I did say I was going to say something about the, uh, the only one I remember besides, like, the paint chemicals and stuff we mentioned were the dioxins that one of the doctors was talking about. Dr. Dahlgren, famous of Aaron Brockovich fame. Which, yeah, this maybe mentioned Aaron Brockovich a lot, which is a name I had heard, but I wasn't aware of the actual story. So it's a very similar story to this, but ends up being a little more successful. It's a, She was a lawyer who helped uh, some people sue, like, a California... Um, I, I forget what kind of... It was, like, a utility company, I want to say. Yeah, I want to watch the movie. Yeah, there's a... Like Julia a, Roberts. Yeah, Julia Roberts, like, dramatized version. But, yeah, could be interesting. Um, but anyways, the dioxin uh, is a thing that gets into the air when something is burned. What did he say? Some some type of chemicals burnt, burned or something? They related it to there were some fires at the O'Connor mine in the 70s, and... That was kind of... One of the dumping sites. Yeah, that was one of the... um, Like, they were able to connect that chemical to that fire, and they, like, went into people's attics and looked for certain dust. Right. Which I I wrote down as the last thing you want to see when your homeowner has been living there for probably their entire life is somebody coming in in a hazmat suit to look in your attic. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, and then he kind of goes into the dioxins and how, like, everybody in the town has, like, five times as many mm-hmm. dioxins as, like, a like a bad amount, I think he's saying. Yeah. Like, like it was even worse than that. Yeah. So they're, like, ten times more likely to have diabetes and stuff like that because of these uh, dioxins. They got into the air and the soil and all that through these fires. Yeah. I mean, that was all I, I had was okay. just about dioxin as well. Um, yeah, it sounds terrible. Would not... Dioxins, look out for them, folks. Yeah, seriously. Um, okay. So, the case was settled with uh, two foot. 
no, I think it's 12, 12.5 million dollar settlement. And that came out to be around $8,000 per person. Well, so it was, I believe they said in the settlement. So they initially tried to go to trial and the judge is like, well, we're going to have to do it. Since there's like 600 plaintiffs, we'll have to set them up into like only 150 people and then we'll break them out into like 10 groups. And then it's like all these trials going on at once. And the law firm, I believe, was Cochran. And they're not a huge law firm. It sounded like they had some money behind them, but they did have to close an office during the filming of this movie. But Mm. they did spend like $2 million on this case. Mm. Or that was um, Vicky's prediction is how much they would spend. About the time Two to it was four over. million, yeah. Um, so it was just not feasible for them to pursue it at that rate because they wouldn't be able to represent everybody. Mm-hmm. So they ended up having to settle. And unfortunately, this is the around. time mm-hmm. this was happening was around the recession. recession, and Ford's stock was dropping dramatically. So they were valued lesser when they ended up doing this settlement. So the amount they had to pay was lesser, even though, even if it was at their full, like, like even if their stock hadn't taken a hit, they still wouldn't have had to pay enough, most likely, in my right. opinion. Yeah. Um, but I believe the breakdown was like $11 million for Ford, and then EPA, or the federal government, mm-hmm. had to pay like a million and a half or something like that. that. That's how I got the 12 yeah. point, yeah. Um, which... $11 million to Ford is pennies. Like, that is nothing. Yeah, because um, it showed at the end, like, they're valued at, like, over $100 billion or something like that. It was, like, a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, it's... I mean, I didn't do the math, but if I had to do the math of, like, relating that to, like, an average person, it's probably, like, $100 or something. Like, nothing, yeah. you know? yeah. Like, they definitely got out of this. For costing hundreds of lives. Yeah. And affecting thousands, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think they said the breakdown after... So each plaintiff, you know, sort of had to help pay for that representation they had. So after paying like... for all the legal fees, it was between like four and $35,000, which is... <laughs> for, you know, costing your life. Four to thirty-five thousand dollars. That's what your life is worth. Just well, and you could sickening. say that this actually affected close closer to a million people because the dump site was really close to a reservoir, which provided one million people water. Mm-hmm. And those people got nothing. Really. Yeah. So it affected a lot more than just this one community vast amount of people yeah so that was messed up i would say yeah um in summary as uh, michael scott would say it was a david Goli- david and glass story where there were multiple Goliaths. i think he says like five in his <laughs> terrorism <laughs> staples um but with two Goliaths in this case of Ford and the EPA, like both kind of working against this well, you small could also say, tribe. Like, local government. 
Yeah. I guess government I guess as you, a whole. If you wanted to get more into... You're right. Um, but, I mean, if you're looking at it in terms of the EPA and Ford, like, local government is also kind of a David, not a Goliath. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know okay. how big Ringwood is, but it's... Back to your... Well, I was thinking, I guess, like, state government. Because the governor of New Jersey right. gets involved. Not really, but... You can finish. Sorry. No, that's... That was, like... we. I think we literally covered all of my... My little notes here. I mean, the so only that's... other thing I would say, and this is totally, like, an aside, but when they're going into the background of the lawyer, Vicky. Oh, yeah, that was my other note. Um, I feel like Reese Witherspoon would play her in the movie, <laughs> movie adaptation of this. That was one of the few critiques I had with the movie. I No offense to Vicky, she seemed like a nice lady, but I could have done without her background story. I, I liked her background It was just a little weird because she's like... I like to represent these people because I know where they're coming from. And then she was just like, I grew up on a farm and then like had to put myself through college. I don't know how that's really relating to them. Well, I think like, the farm was was affected by um, like some kind of toxicity. But she didn't talk about that, did she? No, but I feel like we were supposed to infer that. <laughs> at, at, well, I didn't hear her say it, so... I, I didn't see how it really related. I mean, it was an interesting story that she kind of, like, is a self-made lawyer, but... It's kind of inspirational that she did that. But you're, it didn't really... It didn't really, really fit with yeah. the rest of the documentary. If I had but she critique. was an interesting character. Like, Am I allowed to have a critique? I guess. <laughs> what are your... Any other additional thoughts? Oh, I'm sorry. Two. I'm re-looking at my notes oh. in the reservoir. Two million people mm. get drinking water. Dubs. Double it. Yeah. Oh, and then what was the uh, Superfund site stat? Well, that was going to be what I learned. Oh. Are we ready for that? I heard you did mine. I said, it's not oh. like a separated segment. I know. I, I know you say that every time, but I like to do it Every towards... time. Every two times yes. we've done this. Well, it's going to keep happening. I know it. I want to do it towards the end. I'm not saying uh, it needs to be a segment. But... I, I wanted to do that too, but it just seemed yeah, like super funds were going to be brought up and I wanted that to be my what I learned. Okay. Well. Yours is also related to super yes. funds. 74 million people live within four miles of a super fund. Yeah. So of the, I don't know, what's the population of the U.S.? 300 something million. So a quarter of them live within four miles. It's pretty scary. It's really scary. Um, yeah, check your maps. I guess. I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> we should look up. Is there like a? Can you find this on the EPA's website? Where these super you probably can. Are? Make sure you look into that when you're moving. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that I learned was just how corrupt the EPA is. I feel like I've heard like whispers of that, but like being given an actual example. Mm-hmm you know, is more impactful than just someone saying they do a bad job. Um, yeah. That was upsetting. It looks like they do have a thing where you can search by state. Oh, brother. Okay, Caleb's going to let us know what super fund is within four miles of us. Um, okay. Oh, and then just 
kind of my thoughts on the documentary, you know, to kind of give final thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I ended up liking this documentary more than I thought I would. Like, it was very um, fascinating and, like, like I said earlier, it gave a good history of the community and the different factors in place. And I, I find that stuff interesting. Like, I, I want to, or I like learning, you know, about a community and, like, having actual people to connect to an issue right. versus and just, like... Humanizes an, it. Yeah, just an issue, which I think is kind of the goal of most documentaries, you know, is to make an issue, like, have the audience be able to relate more to an issue because they're, like, meeting people that are impacted and, like, forming connections with them. And so I like that. And even though it was upsetting, I mean, I feel like most of these documentaries are going to watch or have, are going to be upsetting in some way. But it was a well-done film and just as a random thing that I liked, a comment on the the filming of it when they filmed the Ford cars and put, like, the reflection of mm-hmm. the trees. That was cool. That was really, like, Yeah, and then later on, moving. like, a refre- reflection of one of the community members. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so they really, um, you know, put a lot of What do you think effort. about uh, documentaries that are like this that are, like, filmed over a long time span? I like, I, I think that it, adds more to the story and you get to find out what happens and even though it's usually not what you want you know I wanted them to get a lot more money and um, I think that it gives me a conclusion even if it's a bad one so I'm I'm pro spending a long time on a project what about you yeah I'd agree uh, I think giving it more time to breathe and like come back check back in how's this progressing type of thing mm-hmm. um and then yeah seeing people change throughout or maybe change opinions i don't know if that necessarily happened in this one but well but uh, that's interesting yeah that's why people like you know some of the popular netflix fascinating ones. I know. I said fascinating, and then later on I said interesting. But I tried to say it quietly so that you wouldn't hear. (laughs) But that's why people like things like Serial and Tiger King and Making a Murderer. Because they, like, you know, show these people through, like, a longer time span and get, you know, updates on them. And I don't know. Instead of just doing, like, this little blip in time yeah just coming and filming for like two months and then calling that a documentary yeah you get to know the community this way i mean you got to know wayne you got to know vivian you got to know the people affected and i got to know vicky got to know all of them Alrighty, so i think we've we've did a very thorough job (laughs) Should we move on? Yeah, if you uh, liked that talk, the documentary is available on HBO. Yeah, check it out. Watch it for yourself. Let's step into the book nook. 
All right. What have you read recently, or what are you reading? I finished the Southern Reach trilogy. More like a... (laughs) I went back up a little bit at the end there. So yeah, uh, ranking the books, it's one through two. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Acceptance is the most recent one I finished, which is the third one. Um, Yeah. For those unaware, this is like, if you've seen Annihilation, this is... That's the first book in this trilogy. Mm -hmm. And I read that a few years ago and really liked it. And then got the other two and then just recently read them back to back. Authority being the second one in Acceptance. I feel like just the second one just dragged so much. And I did read something interesting that all of these books came out the same year. And were like sort of planned to be kind of like a Netflix style I think was used in the Wikipedia. Like... You know, all coming out in a row mm. type of thing. Whereas typically with a series of books, you're waiting a year or two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe that contributed to the second one being such a slog. <laughs> um, the third one I, I thought did pick up from the second one, but wasn't as interesting as the first one. And I guess just didn't maybe go in the way I was anticipating or hoping, you know. Won't spoil anything here, but Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't recommend them. Not even the first one? Well, because then you're like, oh, I want to see where the story goes. So just don't do it. Don't even bother. Yeah, just watch the movie because... Did we watch the movie? We did. I don't even remember it. It's got Natalie Portman. Yeah. Um. See, so yeah, I just watched the movie. <laughs> wow. And I'm currently reading uh, a nonfiction book called Nuking the Moon. And it's about... Uh, like crazy ideas that sorry I know you don't like the word really off the wall ideas that the government had uh, mainly for like technology and like war related stuff mm-hmm. um, for example the first chapter is about um, acoustic kitty is what it's called and it's about how the CIA tried to implant a cat with a microphone so they could spy on people and use it as a listening device <laughs> Yeah, so wow. just wild stuff. What a time you were reading about. This is the American government? Um, For the most part. Wow. The first, like, there's four parts. The first part is all about, like, animal stories. Yeah, so I just got through those. You love to hear it. Love to Not hear really. It. It's pretty disturbing what the government, again, like, less, watching this movie now in relation to my book, what the government has done to, like, in this first part, I said is about animals. What they've done to animals and testing all these things. Like, oh my god, this is terrible. Yeah, we would never do that to you, Newton. Maybe he's standing right there. I feel like I have to say something. All right, I would like to shout out the book, The Giver. Oh, were you done? I felt like you're, you were done. Yeah, you're fine. Okay, The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. I mainly listen. I, Caleb's laughing because I found out that it's pronounced Moyes and not Moyes. The more you know. Okay. Are we sticking to Kabat or? It's supposed to be Cabot. <laughs> My whole childhood I thought Meg Cabot was pronounced Meg Cabot. You know what? I didn't know. Okay. I just, I feel like I pronounce everybody's last names wrong unknowingly. And then I feel terrible. Okay. Back to the Giver of Stars. 
I mainly listen to it on audiobooks, so if you are into audiobooks, this is a good one. You know, like, there's, like, accents involved, and that's fun. Um, I did, like, read the last few chapters because I ran out of time on my audiobook. It's a long book, so, yeah. But it's about, so it's historical fiction, and it's about the Pack Horse Librarians of, in Kentucky and in the 1930s. So this was Eleanor Roosevelt's idea to have um, librarians go into remote communities that are hard to get to, so they had to go by horse and provide books to people that live in these remote communities. And so it showcases a group of like four or five librarians, mainly talking about two of them. And it goes into their life story and um, like during this time period, it's not their whole life. And kind of like the community reception to um, having these librarians and like the impact that they made. And it's just really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did find out that Jojo Moyes is being sued right now, though, because there was a... Jojo who? Jojo Moyes. <laughs> Sorry. Dang it. Whatever. Um, because there was another book about this topic and that came out before The Giver of Stars. So she may have kind of... Whoops. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> this is the one I read, so I liked it. Thought it was really good. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about what we're doing next week. Next week, we're watching the Netflix documentary American Factory. And Obama's production company um, helped make, make this, help produce, my gosh, help produce this documentary. And I think it got some Oscar buzz. I don't know if it won, though. I think it did. You think it did win? Yeah. Okay. But we'll, we'll know for sure next week. But Caleb sounds like he knows. So, like I said, it's available on Netflix. It talks about... Or when I was looking at other documentaries to do, I think I was looking at ones that have won, like... I think there's a category, right, for yeah. best documentary. I think this one won in 2018 or something. Gotcha. So it has to be good, right? The Oscars have never been wrong about anything. Yeah, just look at the Green Book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Turn away. But yeah, so that's what we're going to be watching. Sorry, not next week. we got to change the segment name. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Two weeks. How about next time? Ooh. Okay, next time. Next time. So in two weeks, that's what we'll be watching and analyzing and commentating on. I'm excited. I've been wanting to watch this one for a while. Yeah. Uh, kind of seems like it might kind of be an adjacently similar topic of like the working man versus big business. Yeah. But we're looking at the factory workers this time. Mm-hmm. Given the name. American, American factory. factory. Which I feel like is some, like, factories impact all of us, you know? So we get the majority of our food and, well, not really food, some food. Okay, ignorance is starting to kick in, so we're just going to 
move on. Um, I did want to shout out my dad for a moment because this episode is coming out on his birthday. Now he's not going to listen to it, but because <laughs> I think he's only listened to like one, but it's fine. He's still cool. And so happy birthday, dad, even though you won't listen. I still love you. Do you have any shout outs? Uh, shout out to my father-in-law. F I O. Yes. So we will um, be celebrating with him go tomorrow. Go Chiefs. That's true. Happy for Biden. These are more like current, like happening positives. But we did book this oh, week. Oh shoot! Yeah, and if we talk about the inauguration in two weeks, no one's gonna care. So let's briefly say how we feel in one word. In one word about the inauguration. Go. Relieved. Hopeful. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, this was fun. Um, we'll be back in two weeks. Hug your loved ones from Wear afar. Mask. Wear a mask. Bye. <laughs>